I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I found in my own life I gain even more from these inspired sermons when I study them in greater depth. The basic pattern is to identify the fundamental doctrine or principle that's being taught. Find any invitations associated with and related to that doctrine or principle. And then also recognizing the promised blessings if we act in accordance with that invitation. Welcome to Words of the Prophet podcast. My name is Todd. I'm here with my daughter, Aaliyah, and my friend, Rivka, and this is a podcast where we discuss the latest talks from the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. How are you today, Hermana Ebert? I'm good. How are you? Good. How's your MTC training going? Pretty good. Good. How's your Spanish? Uh, getting better. <laughs> <laughs> good. What's the online MTC experience like? It's like being in college again. <laughs> Okay. Hopefully more. Well, but with more Spanish. I was going to say more spiritual, but BYU can be spiritual. Mm-hmm. So awesome. I have to say, um, I caught only a t- teeny tiny glimpse of some of the missionary stuff as they had to deal with COVID and starting a new online system and all of that. And it, to my eye, it appears the missionary department has gone above and beyond trying to get all this stuff worked out in such a short amount of time and missionaries going here, there and everywhere. And so, yeah, it's pretty impressive that they can manage, you know, large numbers of missionaries in varying circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, Rivka, how are you today? I'm doing really well. Awesome. Really well. Good. Any good things to report going on? Uh, beautiful fall colors here on our trees. Ooh. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking out my window right now at golds and reds and oranges. It's lovely. Beautiful. I love this time of year. Awesome. Our area has a reputation for having good fall colors for the Midwest. Um, mm-hmm. But in our experience, uh, and I think that's based on just the massive number of trees here, <laughs> but they tend the colors tend to be sort of muted earth tones instead of the vibrant sort of reds and yellows and, and other colors, oranges. So there's a little bit of that, but it's more of a sort of earth tony look. So it makes me miss New England where the fall colors are just stunningly gorgeous every year. So, well, today we are going to talk about President Nelson's opening remarks. We originally weren't going to do that, but I thought that Um, There was just so much in there in that short little five minutes that we should go ahead and do it. And until they release the written talks, we're sort of listening and taking notes. And then there are some summaries on the church news website that we're going to work from. So we're going to do the best we can to come up with some exact quotes, but um, might be a little bit more based on our impressions than exact quotations. So, and I'm going to change our opening question a little bit to fit more with what Elder Bednar talked about. And the question is going to be, instead of what was your main takeaway, what is the fundamental doctrine do you think they were teaching? Um, and so we'll approach it that way and we'll see how it goes. And that, I think, is news to Aliyah and Rivka. So we're going to learn on the fly here. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just, you know, sometimes I just do things. <laughs> so, um, Aliyah, what do you think the fundamental doctrine was that uh, President Nelson was teaching? I think... Um, he made a point to talk about pure truth and pure doctrine and um, 
be very direct about saying that there is such a thing as right and wrong and um, that there is, I like to call it capital T truth and lowercase truth. Um, and, you know, everything that we're going to hear in conference is capital T pure truth. Okay. So what's the difference between big T and little t truth? Um, it's just something I heard at EFY once. It's the idea that capital T truth is um, essentially God's truth. It's eternal truth. Uh, and then lowercase t truth is uh, maybe lesser in a way, but, you know, can still be true. Okay. Awesome. So the fundamental doctrine here is that there are absolute truths yeah. in the world. And we're hearing them at conference. Awesome. Rivka, what did you think the fundamental doctrine being taught was? Uh, his, he started out the talk. Well, he didn't. This is like two or three paragraphs. And I think now that I'm saying, <laughs> um, he says, there has never been a time in the history of the world when knowledge of the savior is more personally vital and relevant to every human soul. So for me, that was his underlying um, premise and the knowledge of the savior comes to us. Um, at least to me, this is what he was saying. A knowledge of the savior will come to you as um, I choose to follow Jesus Christ and hate his teachings and listen for the pure truth and the pure doctrine and pure revelation that is taught by his mouthpiece and his servants. Yeah. So I thought that was a really interesting statement um, when he said, you know, never, never in the history of the world has the knowledge of the Savior been more personally vital and relevant to every human soul. So what do, what do you think that means, Rivkin? Why, why is that true now? Well, it's funny because when you first said it, I was like, were there times in the history where knowledge <laughs> was not necessary? And I don't think that's what he's saying. Um, I think yeah. it is. I think it's always vital that we have it. But as he says a little in this talk and certainly in the, in the times that he speaks in the rest of the conference, he makes it clear that for, for our um, work here in the last days that we're doing in preparing for the savior to come again, a knowledge and understanding of that work is vital for us to be able to um, fully participate in it and participate yeah. effectively. So I think right. maybe that's what he's, trying to say rather than this hasn't been as important up until now, because that doesn't make any sense, but, but yeah, that it is, there's certainly never been a time when it's been more important. So. Right. Yeah. Yes. And I, I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it in terms of just the place in history. And um, I do like what he said about, you know, resolving conflicts, both sort of global or political and individual um, and that was a pretty glorious thing to think about. What would happen in everybody's lives if we all embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ? How oh, many yeah. how many problems would be solved? So, um, well, Aaliyah, there were many invitations. Pretty much the whole talk was an invitation. Um, so we don't necessarily have to wait till the end to talk about the invitations. But what what were some of the invitations he gave us during this talk? One of them was to listen for pure truth, the pure doctrine of Christ, and pure revelation. So, this, I guess it's kind of similar to what we've been doing with um, doctrine, invitations, and promises. Mm -hmm. Just uh, 
I guess revelation is a little more personal than a straight up promise or invitation. Sure. Um, but it's simple enough to just kind of, you can highlight different colors or just take notes off in the margins or, you know, right at the bottom of the talk, here's the pure truth, here's the doctrine, and here's the revelation that I learned. So I thought it was a cool idea. Okay, so question for you and Rivka. What's the difference between pure truth and pure doctrine? I was going to ask you that. <laughs> oh, come on. That's not fair. <laughs> um, I don't actually know, but I would guess that doctrine is more related to maybe the church or the gospel, and truth is more general. But I don't know. Okay. Rivka, what do you think? I was thinking, Aaliyah, when you were talking about, wait, Hermana Evert. <laughs> it's hard. Line I know. <laughs> you were going, uh, when you were talking about the capital T truth and the lowercase t truth, I was wondering if maybe some of the distinction there is that some things are true um, regardless of situation or time or anything like that. And some things are maybe true for a specific situation, but wouldn't be true in another s- situation. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, like more application versus broad. And so I think maybe that same idea can be, that there are doctor, the doctrines of Christ um, are, you know, <laughs> things like God loves us mm-hmm. and maybe a truth would be something like uh, if we love God, our lives will be blessed. That becomes a, an application of that idea of godly love or our relationship with him. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> maybe those differences, because uh, like there are things that they said, but the spirit says, like, this is true. This thing that they're saying is true. But I wouldn't necessarily have labeled it as a doctrine of the gospel. Mm-hmm. It, so, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> there it's are no a... of my thoughts. I don't know what I'm going <laughs> to answer is. It's kind of like the discussion we had on faith and hope. Sometimes you can't untangle the two. They're one and the same. So it's probably a Venn diagram of um, there's principles surrounded by two circles and where they overlap it's both truth and doctrine but then you know some things are just truth and some are just doctrine that might be a distinction that um, has no applicable meaning in our lives Um, trying to parse out like is this thing truth or is it doctrine or Mm -hmm. both what does that mean Um, the way he sort of described it was when he was talking about truth pure truth he was saying there, there are absolutes. There, there is right and there is wrong. Um, and so um, I, I think he's sort of drawing a line there, a standard for, um, you know, commandments and, and perhaps what is, what is sin and, and what is not. Um, and then when he talks about doctrine, he talked about um, pure doctrine of Christ changes the life of everyone who understands it and seeks to implement it. So to me, that sounds like, um, you know, repentance and understanding the atonement. So, of course, the atonement is a truth, but also um, I think he's talking about, you know, specifically the doctrine of Christ and, and the way we can approach him and 
and be changed by him and, and, you know, stay by, and by staying on the covenant path. So I think for me, it was a little bit more along the lines of, um, you know, a pure doctrine of Christ is something that changes our hearts and a truth is something that is, is, is simple, right and wrong, you know, straightforward, eternal truth. So, so that's uh, but it is an interesting thing to think about as you're listening uh, to conference is, you know, what's, what is the truth and, and doctrine being tied here by this person? And um, I like how, how Elder Bednar phrased it as well. What's the fundamental doctrine being taught? So, and then pure revelation. So Leah, tell us about that. Um, I guess to me, that means uh, that as you listen, you should be listening for the spirit as well. Not just, you know, the understanding of the words that they're saying, but um, the spirit usually tells me either that something is true or that I should be applying the specific thing that they're talking about. So there's some things that I maybe don't need to work on right now, but some that I do. And uh, the spirit will reveal to me those things when I need to know that I should be working on them. Okay. What do you do to prepare yourself to receive those revelations during conference? Um, during conference, I had just some questions kind of like written at the top of the page. Um, it's always good to say a prayer. Always good to uh, pray to know what questions to ask. So kind of a multi-step revelation, revelation to know what questions and then revelation to answer the questions. So just, I guess, try your very best to be in tune of the spirit all the time. Awesome. And there was some specific preparation there, you know, questions that you had and being prepared that way. Rivka, how do you prepare to receive that revelation during conference? Uh, it, you know, the details can look different um, depending on the conference and what's going on in my life. You know, sometimes I've done things like listening to the previous conference um in those, like in the week before to prepare, uh, sometimes it's an increase or a change in the things and the way, the way I'm praying or the things that I'm praying for, but whatever the details are, are all of it is trying to, um, just more correctly live the gospel so that the spirit can, can be with me and my heart can be, uh, ready ground for whatever truths um, and <laughs> principles and doctrines that need to be planted in my heart can be. Yeah. I love it. Yes. Thank you. And he mm-hmm. added another invitation along this revelation part where he mm-hmm. said, for those of you who have not yet sought the ministering of the Holy ghost for the questions in your heart, I invite you to do so now. And of course this is the very beginning of conference where he's sort of trying to prepare your heart in that moment, but I think that applies all the time. Um, and, and so he's just inviting you to sort of reach out and, and open your heart to the, the Holy ghost. Um, he's, you know, throughout his time as prophet, which has been only four years, although it's been just a wild four years. <laughs> um, it's, you know, so many policy and administrative things have changed that, I, you know, he didn't explicitly say this and maybe it wasn't even in his mind, but to me, this was sort of a counterbalance to that of saying, you know, there are some things that are eternal truths. They're sort of rock steady and they're not going to change. Um, and so, you know, he, he wasn't saying that, but it, that was something that I thought about as he was speaking, you know, um, 
occasionally I, I'll hear rumors of people saying like, well, I wonder if they're going to change, you know, this doctrine or requirement or, you know, thing at the next conference. And I think here he's saying, you know, we're trying to change culture. We're trying to change policy. We're changing administrative things, um, you know, but we're, we're trying to stick with the fundamental eternal truths that, that are unchanging. And he's also really been in on revelation as well, sort of teaching us to, to seek our own revelation. So I think this really fits with, with what he said in the past. Um, and then he makes one last invitation. Um, so in his short five minutes, I think he gave five or more invitations. <laughs> Please make this conference a time of feasting on messages from the Lord through his servants. Learn how to apply them in your life. Um, and the promise with that is he invokes a blessing upon all those who are seeking greater light, knowledge, and truth. So, Leah, how do we apply general conference messages in our lives? Pick an invitation and make a plan to work on it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Short, um, sweet, and simple. I love it. Rivka, did you have anything to add to that? Well, when he, when he first said this, um, what the Spirit said to me what he said, please make this conference a time of feasting. And the spirit immediately said, this does not just apply to these two days. This applies yeah. to the whole six months between this and the next conference, that this conference extends through that time for us to continue feasting and continue um, hearing. And that that's good because if you had come, like if you come on Saturday morning and you haven't done the prep and maybe you're like, oh no, it's too late, but it's not, you know, even if you couldn't listen to it in the weekend and, and you are listening to it now through this week, that's your, like this time to feast. And I don't know, that was sort of the, that this conference time is a six month period. The feast is is long and right. and he is he is there with us the whole time so we have plenty of time to learn how to apply all these sometimes i come away from conference and i'm like overwhelmed with the amount of things that i feel like i need to work on or that the spirit touched my heart but there there's time like that doesn't it's not a it's not a weekend conference that's what the spirit said to me this is a 6 month conference yeah i love that it makes me think of upcoming Thanksgiving, like if you just had a massive Thanksgiving meal, it wouldn't sustain you until April till <laughs> Easter, you know, Yeah, right. then you had another giant meal at Easter. That's not enough. You know, we, we, we can't just sit and binge conference and then have it be adequate to carry us through the next six months. So I love that thought Rivka. Thank you. Um, for me, I'm, I guess I fall right in with Aaliyah that it takes a specific focused conscious effort. So just the general spiritual uplift propels me to keep trying um, and to do better. Mm -hmm. But I think there are so many messages and so many sort of impressions that just get left that I think if I just let them marinate, not much will come of it, that it'll be much better to find something, you know, work on it in my life and, and find specific ways to apply it and sort of the Lord loves effort model of, of applying these, these words. Um, that is in fact, one of the reasons we do this podcast is mm -hmm. we were all sort of using a variety of ways to get the most out of conference. And we thought just diving deep into every single talk would be a way that we could find something to, 
um, really focus on and move forward with. So, well, this was a short talk. Aaliyah, did you have anything else to add about his opening remarks? Um, just that he, in conjunction with his invitation to look, listen for pure revelation, he said that revelation will make this conference rewarding and memorable. So that was a promise. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Rivka, did you have anything else to add? At the very beginning of the talk, one of the first things he says is that he has been praying for us and about us for the last six oh, months. And when he I said that, that, I thought, I wonder what those prayers sound like. <laughs> and what what an incredible thing to think that we have a prophet of God praying to God for us. And President Nelson doesn't know me. Like he doesn't know who I am, but Heavenly Father does. And I am certain that when the prophet prays for us, he can pray, he can pray for groups and that our Heavenly Father hears it as individuals. And so I, I love that. That was one of the things that just touched me the most about this talk right out of the gate. I've been praying for you. I just thought that's so neat. Yeah, I love it. And I remember when I was younger, I was kind of cynical about this when people, when church leaders would say they were thinking about you or praying about you or whatever, or, you know, the classic high councilman comes and says, <laughs> I bring the love of the state presidency. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I used to be so cynical, like, all right, what are they, you know, they don't know me from anybody else. And, um, but now that I am in a position of leadership where there's a significant number of people who I can't possibly interact with, one-on-one -on -one all the time, every week, I understand how powerful that gift of charity is where you really do think about, pray for, and love these people who, um, some of whom I only interact with occasionally, you know, and, and just feel that it's, 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 it's a divine gift. I don't know any other way to explain it. And I can't even imagine how powerful he feels that. And we get descriptions of that all the time in the scriptures of people who, you know, Nephi sort of, he says he wets his pillow at night with his tears over his people and, and Enos who gets forgiveness of his sins and then immediately thinks of, of the Lamanites and things like that. So it's, I think it really is a spiritual gift um, that the Lord blesses us with uh, to have this extra capacity. And I think Rivka, you've talked about that before as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, well, if you, um, are interested in looking up the church news um, section where it sort of gives a summary of the talks. It also has this cool stuff at the bottom of every page. So, you know, it'll give you two or three quotes from the talk. And then it talks about, um, you know, President Nelson became the 17th president in January 2018. He was a surgeon and it goes on and tells some personal things, some other things he recently did, shows some of his social media posts that are recent. So actually, it's kind of even goes a little deeper um, outside of the talk than just reading it in the ensign or online once they release the full text. So I thought that was pretty cool and something I hadn't really paid much attention to before. And I would encourage everybody to go out and take a look at that um, so you can sort of dig into what each person is up to um, as you read about their talks. So um, our next talk will be Elder Holland's talk, and that is um, called The Greatest possession, at least that's what the church news title looks like. So if it comes out differently in the um, ensign, then we apologize for that. Um, and 
we I'm going to do my best to take over our social media here. So I'm going to try to copy Aaliyah's little spiel. I should have like prepped ahead of time or memorized what she used to say. But um, we are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And our usernames on all those platforms are Words of the Prophets Podcast. Or you can email us at wordsofthepropetspodcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from people. We love to hear your thoughts. Um, we try to post every time that we um, post a podcast. So you can get in and jump in the comments and post things that uh, you had, some insights you had that could benefit other people. So that'll wrap up our discussion today of President Nelson's opening remarks. Thanks for joining us, everybody. And until next time, keep the faith. If we teach by the Spirit and you listen by the Spirit, some one of us will touch on your circumstance, sending a personal prophetic epistle just to you.